Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 80. Uh, it is currently just Chase and I, but there will be a hunter joining us at a some point. duo mission going on. Yeah, a little, uh, uh, a little... Also, yeah, fuck you, Blade. Cass is back. <laughs> uh, You're back in the hosting role. Um, not that you did a bad job last week, but you know, <laughs> he, yeah. he just uh, we couldn't convince Blake to to become a Jetman. Just really that's tough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He brought it up himself, but then mm. you know he was he was just like ah, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, the boys were giving me shit for not being able to make it to the pod last week, but, like, number one, I was on island time. Number two, I didn't have a car, so I gotta kind of go by whatever other people do have cars as time schedule is, and it wouldn't have mattered what ferry I tried to catch, because I wasn't getting back in time. Well, you could have caught the 1 p.m. And not if the people with the cars wanted to leave the campsite at 4 p.m. Well, kind of true, but also you could have made an effort. Did you ask? Yeah, it was preempt. It was collectively decided, and like everybody at like one point was just like, "All right, what time are we leaving?" And someone's just like four, and everybody's just like, "Yep, four sounds great." And I'm just well, like, "You ah, should." Well. Th that was your opportunity to be like, mm, "Actually, four is not that <laughs> no, great." No, 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 no. But like, it was like an instant, like, "Yep, four." Um, I mean, whatever. Yeah. At any rate, I'm back. Uh, Hunter should be joining us. Um, at some point. Can't say exactly when, but uh, let's let's just kick this off. Um, Chase, what kind of bruchacho are you holding on to? Well, as I have many times during this podcast, I'm holding a remix vodka soda by Red Truck. And uh, this one is guava lime flavored, which I believe is part of a new pack. That's definitely not one of the original. So it is a new remix, remix vodka, vodka soda Red <laughs> by Red Truck. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. just great to say that every time. Uh, it's, you know, classic seltzer. I, I actually really like the guava flavor. I like the new pack that they came out with a lot. They're like a lot of like tropical fruits with lime. They'll be like passion fruit lime and guava lime. What was the grapefruit one? What was that with? Grape, grapefruit lime. Mm. That one was, damn, that, yeah, that one was super citrusy. Yeah, it's good. I'm like, I, I like the pack a lot, so. I'm not like I'm not huge on grapefruit juice. I think it's mostly because my dad loves grapefruit juice, so it's always around the house, and I complain because I'd rather have orange juice. Um, but yeah, I just find it a bit too tart. A little bit taste. acidic for you. Well, yeah. No wonder you didn't like that fucking Rattler you were drinking earlier. What the tangerine one? Oh, it was the tangerine Rattler. Yeah, it's tangerine Rattler. Oh, okay. Also, like well, grapefruit Rattlers are like mostly soda. I'm like, that's fine. Like, I don't dislike. Grapefruit. I just don't love it when it's like super overpowering. When it's more right. subtle, I'm a fan. Um, the one thing grapefruit juice is actually really fucking good for is covering up the taste of vodka. Because I don't like vodka. But if you mix yeah, it vodka's like disgusting. 50 50 with grapefruit juice, you don't taste a damn thing. Mio. Mm. You ever done Mio vodka? No. Uh, actually, that's the, that was a classic um, trick back in the day one might say um <laughs> roughly what you... kind of school might you have been in when this was a trip <laughs> you you caught me i was about to say high school but it couldn't have been then i wasn't 21 so yeah. um it must have been university huh yeah 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 just a uh 
you know, bottle of vodka with some drops of Mio, it's a lot less than 50-50 ratio, and it covers the taste pretty well. That's actually, uh, I was crushing grapefruit vodkas when I met Chase for the first time. And that was what, a strong on, term, because I blacked the fuck out. Early. On the ski hill? Yeah. Well, I think you weren't crushing grapefruit vodkas, you were just crushing vodka. Well, I don't remember that part, so I started off by crushing grapefruit vodkas. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and then somebody handed him the rest of a bottle as we were leaving, and because we were skiing down, and uh, we needed to have the liquor gone. So they were like, Cass, drink this, and he just plowed through the rest of the bottle of vodka. God, I, I, I do not remember that. I remember coming to as I was coming down the hill, and like I would literally just eat shit every like two turns. Just, like, full face plant, slam my, like, entire chest and face into the ground. My goggles were around my neck because I was too drunk to put them back up. And I'd get up and I'd go for, like, another turn or two and just absolutely eat it. That's what um, you call an athlete right there. Oh, yeah. Real we athlete. were all in a competition, too. Like, this is not, <laughs> like, some random us going to ski day. This is like, oh, we competed. <laughs> <laughs> this was the end of the competition. No, no, that was after the first day. Oh, this is in between days yeah. of the competition. Okay, perfect. Even better. For the record, I placed better than Chase did. Let's go! We're not in the same category. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Does it count when the place that I got was lower than the amount of people in your category? <laughs> Maybe you just chose a poor category. Yeah, um, you could have gotten last, and I, you would have beat me. Okay, percentage-wise, I scored better, <laughs> I think. I mean, probably. I think I think I just missed podium that time, either fourth or fifth. I don't and know. It's probably because you were slamming vodka grapefruits. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what are you slamming yeah, tonight? Okay, so I've got a uh, got a ginger pear sour called the Paralyzer. Mmm. Mm, yeah. I uh, bought it because of the name. Are you struck by it? One might say, you've been thunderstruck. Mm, no, I was going for, <laughs> for Paralyzer. <laughs> I was, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. I, I was like, Cass, if you don't get this fucking reference, no, like, no. of all people. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, would have just moved right through me, that reference. Alright, um, it's by R&B Brewing, which is, like, an East fan somewhere. Um, it's got, like, a... It's got a cool label, but, like, I'm gonna be honest, pear and ginger aren't exactly, like, my favorite flavors that I'm looking for in a sour, and, like, if it wasn't called the Paralyzer, there's a 0% chance I would've bought this. Pear and ginger, I mean, sounds interesting. Uh, I don't know, like, is it really tart, or is it not tart? Because I don't see ginger going super well in, like, a tart beer. It's not, it's not stupidly tart. Like, you definitely get the pear flavor at the start, and then it finishes off with that, like, classic ginger taste. Like, when you're I eating might like sushi, that a lot. and then you, like, you take a bite of ginger after the sushi. Um, mm, I thought it was, like, when I was eating um, yeah, pizza, oh. pizza, and, and, I, mm. and then I took a bite of the, the ginger after. Mm -mm -mm. Um, I was going to bring something up, but I don't think our podcast is rated X, so let's just skip over that. Um, yeah, it's honestly not that bad. Or, like, okay, let me, let me rephrase that. It's better than I thought it was going to be, and I didn't expect it to be shit, either. 
Um, okay, so it's kind of just right where you kind of thought. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, it's better than what I thought it was going to be. For my taste. Okay. Like, I'm liking it more than I thought I was going to like it. It's just, like, I thought I was... I thought, to me, I was going to have this, and I was just going to be like, meh. It's a five. It's average as fuck. In terms it's of more like I a like. seven? Yeah, but it's more like a... Yeah, it's more like a seven. Um... Solid. I would probably really like that beer. I'm going to yeah. have to go pick one up at some point. It does seem a bit more up your alley. i got a couple more in the fridge that I'm like actually way more excited to drink because I think I'm going to like them way more. But, um, yeah. That's about it for drinks. We might touch back on this when Hunter shows up, if he shows up. And then I might pull another one out of the fridge and go over that. Who knows? I, I hear he's at a party. It might Similar to a wedding. Last time we thought he wasn't joining, though. And this time we yeah. think he is. Maybe he's just not going to. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, so first up on the docket, Chamber got buffed, and I kind of forget that he's an agent in the game. And so, like, the other game that we played in, like on Split, Jet got insta-locked before I even got into the lobby. I was just like, ah, fuck, okay, I guess I'm playing Cypher. Like, the idea of picking Chamber literally never crossed my mind until I saw Chamber on the other team. And I was just like, ah, shit, I could have done that. That's crazy, yeah. You just uh, it won wild that you're picking chamber or picking cipher over chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of cool. Also, you top fragged on the cipher, and your cipher util was like quite good. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I don't know game. how much the util did because, like, I did well on offense. Like, I did really well on offense. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much of it was my utility. But well, I mean, I get chamber doesn't help you jack shit on offense either so yeah well okay i but I, I guess in that case you could the the argument is well i would have done better on defense on the chamber maybe um yeah who knows um well okay the interesting thing is i think cypher's actually better on attack than than chamber i i actually don't think that's that hot of a take um but like it, well yeah being able to cage things off as you yeah. cross that's like the biggest thing because um, you do that a lot on entry to site. You just cage off the cross. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I really like doing is um, like when a, when a certain angle is smoked off, like I, I love just dropping my cage right outside of that smoke and then having them have to gamble. Am I going to pop out left? Am I going to pop out right? Like, am I just going to run straight through it? I'm not going to run straight through it, but like, you know, maybe they just hovered their crosshair in the middle of the, the cage. Um, right. It makes it into like a poorly placed smoke. Yeah, exactly. To say, right? Yeah. Like, if someone didn't smoke properly, you would be able to peek out wherever and mm-hmm. possibly get an advantage that way, but you can do that yourself a bit mm-hmm. with your cages. Or, like, I guess any smoke character can do the same thing. But yep. Yeah, but it's a bit of a waste to do it on another smoke character. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, like, you truly need to, as, like, say... I mean, you kind of want to be smoking further angles on other Yeah. Um, Viper might be able to do it well because she can just pick her orb back up after. That's true. Um, but I was thinking, like, that's something that I occasionally did as Jet before, but, like, not too much. Whereas now that I've gotten really used to just, like, turning that into a poorly made smoke uh, using the cage, when I don't have my dash, I've been doing that a lot more as Jet, too. You're just dropping the smoke right outside yeah, of the Yeah, just dropping the smoke right outside the other one, and because I can't dash onto site, it's like, I'm just going to make you gamble on where to put your crosshair. Um, and then also when I come out of that smoke, like I, I often end up doing this on 
a main ascent because there are often times where I like I have enough time to scale up while my dash timer is running down from barrier drop or even if I wait a bit after barrier drop and so like I'll prime my dash but then I'll either get flashed or something will happen and I need to burn it uh, and then when it comes time to exec I don't have it and so dropping that smoke right outside the other smoke um, if you pop out on the right hand side you can take a fight with, with Heaven or Dice and potentially Gen, depending on how it's placed, but it blocks off line of sight to tree. And so... Right. And, fire... and also, yeah, possibly to, to like, uh, default or Gen area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, like, I, I don't know. That, that's something that, like, Jet definitely has picked up from playing the Cypher. But alternatively, what I was kind of going to go back to on the, the whole split take is, like, I don't know how good of a map split is for Chamber post he doesn't have two P two TP anchors. Um, well, because so you really like to play both heavens. That's what you yeah you're like. Oh, split's amazing for Chamber because you can right. play both heavens. You can play both heavens. You're able to play. Um, uh, well, more importantly, you could super aggressively peak both A main and B main, and have a safe TP to get out to. On B main, you can still get out pretty safely um but on on a main if they choose to rush you down you'd be fucked um now with the fact that you just get your gun back out instead of having to like re-equip it maybe not maybe you can get your gun up in time if it's yeah, maybe off. maybe you have a chance to like get, fall back and then mm -hmm. like you have to take a fight still but you you've repositioned yeah um but one of the, one of the things that I was seeing a bunch of people do on Reddit, which like I thought was super cool, and is like it makes me really want to try some of this stuff out on on the chamber, is there's uh I've seen people have like create a fifty fifty with themselves, or not a fifty fifty, sorry, a crossfire with themselves. Oh God, you're playing you're playing right into into hunter here he talked oh, so, about this at, at, like at length at, in the last podcast oh okay um, i haven't yeah, yeah. i haven't got just cro cross firing with yourself like mm -hmm. uh being on one side of the angle someone you know, tp and then you're yeah. now on the other side of the angle yeah he talked about that quite a bit i've seen a bunch of people do it on reddit and it's, it's like i'm sure people are going to get adjusted to it but like for now it seems kind of cool <laughs> but yeah i like i feel like i should genuinely give chamber a go again because, like, the thing that pissed me off was the trap range more so than anything else. And now that's... And now it's extended, yeah. Yeah, now it's extended, so... I don't know. I don't love any given agent for Pearl. So I might lean back into Chamber for that. But also, even before Chamber got nerfed, I didn't, you like, didn't Chamber, like Chamber. You didn't like Chamber on Pearl. And I played Pearl. Jet instead, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even... I don't know. But I should really give my shot at some point. I mean, I think it'd be cool to see you pick him back up um, mm -hmm. if he's good. Yeah, both. We we played three games today, right? Yeah. Was there a chamber in every game? Yeah. Uh, no, the last Ascent game we played did not have a chamber. Okay, but the first two games did have a chamber. So people mm -hmm. are definitely, like, you know, bringing him back. You know, it was very rare that you would see a chamber before this. So uh, now, now that he's got a couple buffs, people are like, oh, yeah, I can pick him back up again. Um. Which, you know, I I love and hate to see it at the same time. 
You know, we were all like, okay, we need a break from Chamber. <laughs> and we did. We got a good break from Chamber. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it'll, it might be the right time to see him come back a little bit. Yeah. I... Yeah, and like okay, one of the one of the things that always kind of you know I thought was like an interesting pick is when Chamber initially came out. Right, he was released as an agent to try to take away some of the pick rate of Jet. Uh, same thing with Neon. Neon was supposed to be like really fast. good on attack, super fast. You can get into sites the same way or like the same way that Jet did. And like, I, 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 I don't really know what the devs were thinking in terms of like, well, Jet just goes from here to there, like basically immediately. And sure, Neon's fast, but like, you can still die mid run much more readily than you can as Jet just dashing in. Yeah. But um, like they they tried to create an agent that was like supposed to take away some of Jet's pick rate for the people that like Jet on attack. And then they created an agent in Chamber who is supposed to take away from Jet's pick rate for people who like to op on defense, namely. And it boggles my mind that for an agent which they designed around the operator as a weapon, they gave him the headhunter. The last thing a fucking opper wants is a fucking sheriff. Why? Oh, you mean like just as a backup weapon? As a backup weapon. And like, I mean, they should have just given him a shorty. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe not a shorty, but like, I, I, actually, I, I mean, like that's not a bad. That's not a bad. Yeah, like take. I, maybe if the headhunter was a shorty, it would be uh more balanced mm-hmm. in in the previous state. Right, right. Um, instead, they just gave him a weapon that's fucking disgusting on ecos. Yeah, which like I guess that helps them save up to buy the op. So like, yeah, I, I guess there's that aspect of it. And, like, yeah, if you're really good with the headhunter slash sheriff, like, I don't know. I, I'd have a tough decision. If I had both an op and a sheriff and I have to retake, it'd be a game-time decision which one I'm retaking with. And probably depends on what site it is, where the spike's planted, like, what I know is covered, but smoked off. Like, I don't know. There, if there's you had a lot an of op go. or a sheriff, it would yeah. be a, what? You pull the sheriff out, I think. Almost every time. I It depends how readily I can pre-aim and swing with the op angles that, like, I'm concerned about. Okay, it, maybe. But I'm you're saying. so much more mobile. Yeah, 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 of course. That's, but, like, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, it's a, it, it'd have to be a game-time decision based on the specifics of the retake. Because the other advantage with the, the op is, like, it's a one-shot kill. Yeah. And also say I gotta push through a smoke. The op within within a given smoke, using the op as a shotgun, no scoping, is pretty consistent. Well yeah, just because you need to hit body. Yeah, because I need to hit body and I'm basically barrel stuffing them at that point. Yeah. So like I mean also pushing out of that smoke, the op is probably gonna come out a little bit earlier than the sheriff. Yeah, but like Ah, uh, I don't know. It, it'd be a game time decision, but like I could see it being put in. Like, oh well, if Chamber has to retake, like better weapon to pull out than having the um, having the op. But yeah, I, I don't. Know. It just like it, it, it's something that like 
I don't think I've talked about on the podcast before, but was just always like in the back of my mind there. Like there's a reason you buy a shorty when you have an operator. Well, you can still buy the shorty, right? Yeah. You still have a secondary. Right. Um, I think lorically it wouldn't make a lot of sense <laughs> to give chamber a shorty. He doesn't seem like a shotgun kind of guy, you know, precision weaponry. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, um, on brand. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think will be way more, or I, I don't even know the right way to put this because this is a fucking quote unquote expensive round, but like due to the fact you can get your gun up super quick, having a rifle when you use your alt is going to be real valuable. Oh yeah, just but, so that you immediately are able to pull your your gun out, like mm-hmm. your your rifle. Yeah, out. when you TP out, you can just have your rifle and take another duel. Like, I mean, is that possible, or would you have to swap to the rifle to take more time? Well, you can do that while you're going through your TP. It's oh, you pretty, can you it's, can swap. It's, yeah, it's super quick. Like, okay. like by the time I get to my TP, I can choose that my rifle. I can choose that my headhunter out, my rifle out. Like, like when I spawn in spawn in. I can spawn in with whatever gun I want. Assuming assuming the TP mechanics are as I remember them. It's been a long time since I've played Chamber. Um, yeah. I mean, you haven't tried it out since the, the change, obviously. No, I haven't. But I, but I should is what I'm kind of getting at here. Um, yeah, actually, hold on. Let me just plug my mouse in really quick because we're going to end up using my recording and it's going to ping a lot if I don't do this right now. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, I think that was the last of the pings. Okay, so the next thing that I wanted to talk about was, uh, unless you have any closing topics on that, closing remarks. No, not really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, this whole hot mic glitch that's yeah, currently you've been, in the game. Yeah, you've been experiencing that one a little yep. bit. Yep. Um, so for those of you who don't know what it is, basically it's, uh, the game has this like bug in it in which like after you push your press to talk like team chat button it acts as if it's stuck for a somewhat arbitrary ish amount of time and it's not the easiest thing to realize that it's currently glitched and not functioning as intended uh so in a game earlier today um it's we great. were yeah we were in i got i think it was like a 2v2 and the Sage gets a kill on our team to get it into a 2v1 and then goes to take the duel with the last remaining person alive um, and ends up getting that kill too. But after that round, I assumed I was just talking to Chase. I didn't realize that I had gotten this like uh, this hot mic glitch going on. And I was just like, God, Reyna's such a fucking pussy uh, because Reyna was not in any position to trade out the Sage whatsoever. And like, yeah, wasn't... like just what was kind of cowering from the fight. Yeah, and like, right? you know, wasn't... a comment that he was making to me as like in Discord, but definitely not to the Reina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the Reina was just like being yeah, like cowering away from the fight. Like should have probably taken first contact, um, and just yeah, just didn't was just in no position to trade, not doing anything to 
to try and back the sage up as sage was taking the stool. And yeah, I just, I assumed I was just talking to Chase and like, nope, my mic was just going to the rest of the team. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, Cass, you just said that to the entire team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cass, the entire game was like switching mute on and off because he would like mute himself until the bug resolved, I think. Yeah. And then um, he would often forget to unmute. So then he'd be like, I was calming that, but like, <laughs> I can't hear him. So. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah there's another round in the earlier, uh, in a different game where this happened, and I died to Tower on Fracture P-Site, and I calmed it, or at least I thought I did, and then, like, a couple seconds later, Chase is just like, what the fuck, Tower? And I'm, I'm just sitting there like, dude, I fucking told you. I was like, dude, I calmed out that, like, he was Tower, and you're like, no, you fucking didn't, your mic was muted. <laughs> Well, Hunter's Tower right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? We have a Honda Welcome seat. to the podcast. Hunter. How long have y'all been rolling for? Uh, uh, 25 minutes. Uh, uh, well, oh, good, good. I'm not that late. 26 minutes on my recording, but we also dicked around for the first couple minutes of them, so yeah. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink. Yes, I am drinking the Cryomancer by uh, Nepenthe. Currently pouring it into a glass because it's one of those beers that tastes better in a glass. Does anyone else buy beer from Nepenthe, or are you like solely supporting them with your own drinking habits? No, I mean it's it's very much a, a big deal in this area. Like it's a very nice uh, brewery and eatery. Like the food is really good there as Wait, well. So are we so they... sponsoring Nepenthe instead of them yeah. sponsoring <laughs> us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. Um, yeah, and I just really like their their beer. Like I've of the there's one big craft brewing place that's like super local that I haven't been to, that I'm gonna hopefully go to in the next couple of weeks. But like they're my favorite of the ones I've been to, and they also happen to be the one that's within walking distance, and so that just works out really well. Yeah. So anyway, this yeah 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 no I get it I get it I drink a lot of Nepenthe beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a India Pale Ale hopped and dry hopped with Citra and Simcoe Cryo and Cascade Centennial and Chinhook pellets. Uh, it definitely has a very unique taste. I don't know what the, what cryo is and what chinhook pellets are, but it cryo, has sort of like a... You go ahead. Uh, okay, cryo means that it was hopped when the stew... What's it called, Chase? There's a term for this. Uh, the the boil? The, yeah, something the, like that. Oh, man. We brewed beer. We should know what this is. Fuck. We brewed beer mm. once, Cass. I know. It was years ago. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. but there's like... It's uh, so cryo or like... I, cryo is when you brew it, or when you hop it, when it's cold. Oh, I see. That would but make sense. But also might just be a cold IPA? Fuck. Is I cryo a type of hop? Maybe. I might be eating my hat hop? here right now. Uh, but also, the other one that you were saying, are, are, is it Chinook? Yeah, it's Chinook. Oh. Okay, that's <laughs> embarrassing. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we yeah. all got our foot in our mouths here, besides maybe Chris. All right. Um, well, you know, maybe I'll, I'll do a quick aside to say that I, I stuffed my foot all the way into my mouth just before leaving the event that I was at before coming to this podcast that one of my buddies is having his bachelor party, uh, tomorrow for a wedding that's in a couple months. It's like a detached bachelor party, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, and he's having, he had a lot of people come in from somewhat out of town. A lot of people from New Jersey that he went to college with. And so, like, there was a little, like, pre-bachelor party gathering today. And so, 
I was like, I had coordinated with the best man as to what we're doing tomorrow, which is going to this nice uh, steakhouse in the city called Monarch. It's like M-O-N-A-R-Q-U-E. It's like very fancy French steakhouse. Like you're spending for like a six ounce steak, uh, like a filet mignon was like the cheapest uh, six ounce for like 60 bucks. And then obviously it goes way up from there. Um, so I'm really excited to, to try it out because, you know, I've never been to a crazy expensive steakhouse like that. So, but anyway, um, I kind of forgot about the whole, you know, the, uh, the, the man of the hour, <laughs> the groom to be is supposed to, it's supposed to be a secret from him where we're going. So as I'm about to leave, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll see you at Monarch tomorrow. Now, thankfully. I got a bit of a break because he didn't immediately know what it was. He wasn't familiar with the place. He was also extremely faded at the time. <laughs> so, so he was like, Oh, yo dude, what's, what's that? I'm not sure what that is. I was like, it's a butterfly conservatory in DC. It's super cool. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to mind. I was like, different spelling of Monarch. We'll just go with that. He's like, Oh, no way. It's super cool. And then he's like, Oh, you guys, do any of you guys know what this place is? To the other guys, they're like, Yeah, he just told you. It's a butterfly place. Yeah, no, everyone else is like, Fucking hunter. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like, I got some like shocked looks. And I was like, God damn it. So hopefully the save works and he won't think more about it when he's sober in the morning. I think, um, am I actually going to a butterfly conservatory for right. my bachelor party? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they have the best butterflies. It's one of my favorite. I feel, like, I feel like he's going to yeah. be like, oh, he's definitely just fucking with me, being like, oh, I can't tell you what's really going um, on, you know? Yeah, that's that's a good yeah, that's a good way to look at it. He's probably yeah. going to assume I deliberately just said something goofy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I felt kind of shitty about that. But thankfully, I think I'm going to come out of it unscathed. And the best man was super chill. I, I, he wasn't there. I told him I was like, dude, I kind of, I kind of screwed up here, but he was, he wasn't worried about it. So, anyway, uh, that's been my night so far. Very nice. Um, yeah, to catch you up, I'm drinking a ginger pear sour called the Paralyzer, and Chase is drinking a uh, new vodka soda remix by Red Truck. Very cool. Very cool. Wait, no mm -hmm. shit, I said that in the wrong order. What was it yours again, matter. Cass? <laughs> it had some ginger in it. What, it's a ginger that? pear sour. Wow. Yeah. That sounds intense. I'm not sure if I could, if I would like that. Well, you're going to have to go back and re-listen re to the rest of the, the beginning of the podcast, and then okay. you'll, you'll okay. get some takes. Well, I'm going to do that anyway, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be um, editor here, after all. Yep. Now, I don't know what you guys were in the middle of. I will I will just say, I do have some, uh, I'm coming in loaded and ready. I got a couple to uh, topics in my front pocket. Oh, okay. So. All right. Yeah, let um, me, yeah, I'm ready to go if needed. Well, I mean, we were just talking about this bug, the the hot mic bug, if you remember mm -hmm. that. Um, so Cass has been experiencing it. I don't know if you've experienced yeah. it at all. Um, I have. I haven't had it happen to me. I've had a, had I've had other people have that in my games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it happened to me earlier in a game today, and uh, I thought I was just talking to Chase, and I'm like, God, this rain is such a fucking pussy. <laughs> you really said that? Yeah. Yes, and he oh, said it to no. the entire team. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Was it about the Reyna on on your team? Yep. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> there was no Reyna on the other team. Yeah. So you couldn't have yeah, played. I couldn't oh, even. I so couldn't even play it at all. Yeah. So did, did Reyna say something about it? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nothing. Didn't mention anything. She didn't buy me a gun later in the game, which you know, fair. <laughs> she didn't buy me a gun earlier in the game. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah. And I specifically asked. She then, you know, what, how you can make your agent say different things if you're not going to use comms. I yeah, said, yeah. like, hey, Raina, can you buy me this gun? 
And she like went in the rain of voice like, yes. And then I requested it. And then she never bought me the gun it, because mm, I was like brutal. at the bottom of the scoreboard at that at that point. Yeah, that's you know I I usually I, I experience that a lot. You know <laughs> when some when you're yeah. when you're uh, not getting a lot of kills mm. and someone won't buy you, which I'm like that. I specifically try not to do that. Like I just don't. If someone yeah. asks me for a buy, I'm gonna fucking buy them. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, when I'm buying people, I'll buy anyone. But when it comes to myself, if I'm really sucking. Uh, I will often not request a buy of a Phantom or Vandal. Mm-hmm. I just feel bad about it. No, because I'm like, I'm well, I'm not going to get anywhere with a fucking Spectre. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get those guys yeah. with a Vandal. Um, but then a uh, little fuck you to her, I like match MVP the game. So, yeah. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> I bottom fragged the game. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we won that game, right? Yeah, we, we did. did win that we game. Win that it went game. up 35. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's the biggest number I've seen in a while. Oof. I mean, like, yeah, dude, like, I like, I don't think nice. I played particularly poorly either. Like, I just was not getting the kills, but, like, the team was taking sight and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, dude, this gecko just had my fucking number, man. And it wasn't even gunfights. Just, like, half the time I didn't even fucking see him and I was just dead. Mm. All of a sudden, shark jumps around a corner. Chomp. Well, there was one of them that I knew the shark was coming around the corner. And, like, I thought I fired enough bullets to break it, but I didn't. And then, like, I get back around the corner, and I'm commenting to everyone, like, ah, oh, I'm fucked. Someone come back me up here. And then someone got the trade, but, like, they didn't get there quite in time to kill him before he killed me. Mm. And then, yeah, there are a couple others Tragic. where I just, like, I dash onto site, and I'd just be in my smoke, and he'd either just, like, head tap me through the smoke, or, like, there are a couple that, like, the smoke's faded, and I'm just, like, wildly panning my crosshair around, because there's a fuck ton of chaos going on. And then, like, I just die to the gecko, and I'm like... I don't even know where. Yeah. Sometimes it be like that. That's rough. Mm-hmm. No, there there were just so many situations where just like, I don't even know how the fuck I died. And it just says, Gecko killed me on the kill feed. I'm just like, God, fucking. And he, he was joking about it too in the chat. Just like, just like, lol, <laughs> jet. <laughs> Having a rough go at it here. That's great. So he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Where were we though? How did we get to the... Oh, yeah, yeah, the whole hot mic thing. So, yeah. Basically, I also put my foot in my mouth earlier today. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it. Hopefully mm. that'll be uh, be resolved soon, because that sucks. I really don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> oh, what? The... Oh, the whole hot mic thing. Yeah, The yeah. hot mic thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want Cass to call me a bitch, really. <laughs> yeah. Or a pussy, or whatever he was calling the, the Reina. Yeah, because normally, normally, normally he says that a lot, Chase, during games. He just has a button that, like, mutes his audio to you in Discord. So, oh, I so hear he it. is actually <laughs> over Discord? Dis- yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now you'll hear it over Valorant. Okay. Thank God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get to know the true cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should have played more attention to how Rana played for the rest of the game after that, though. I'd be curious to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it affected them. Yeah. Dude, wow, this is how the toxic mode. personality starts. Mm-hmm. Is there villain origin story? Yeah. <laughs> She's already playing Reyna, so she probably... This story is well-developed at this point, honestly. Yeah, Reyna, no comms. Eh. They're yeah, there. Yeah, the tale is all as old as time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, Hunter, you said you came loaded with topics. I got a few more here, but you want to hit us with one? If you got uh, sure, some loaded sure. in the chamber? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I actually played Chamber in Comp. That wasn't going to be one of my to- my topics, mm. but it, it just I was going to play Sage on Split because the roles worked out such that that you know made sense. <laughs> God, you really like... should have been here for the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I'm no, very good, very curious to listen to it. But anyway, I was like, you know what? I'm going to play Chamber, and then I proceeded to play Chamber, and realistically, I just played him as a worse Jet with a trip. Like, I definitely didn't take full advantage of the TPs and did not hit my shots with the Headhunter at all. Um, but it, it worked out, and, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about just the fact of having someone who's like, oh, you're the Sentinel. Even if they don't use, like, any utility, even if they played an agent with zero utility, like, having that role on the team was useful, of being careful with the spike and, you know, being the backline person for my team. And, and so it ended up well. well. Yeah. Chamber doesn't carry Spike. I, I carry I, I carried Spike the whole game. <laughs> uh, I mean, with the trip range being significantly bigger, you didn't have to worry about my trip shutting down in most cases, uh, getting to site and planting. So, um, yeah, obviously, you know, I, I know some of us like to lurk on Chamber. It's not. <laughs> that's that's Do not I how I play Chamber. Too. No, we don't need to bring up my chamber <laughs> habits, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why am I bringing Chase into this? I, I apologize. Okay, so on to the first actual topic. Um, there's been much uh, of a ruckus being made over the past couple weeks of the Tier 2 competition ending with the Ascension tournaments across the three leagues coming up very shortly. And there are a lot of people who are furious with Riot, practically in tears sobbing about the fact that tier two is going to have a six month break after the ascension tournament is done and how that's killing that's going to kill the scene because of all the teams drop all the orgs dropping their teams because they don't have anything to do for six months and so i have thoughts on this but i wanted to see if you guys had anything any thoughts on that first before i get into mine um I mean, it's kind of, it's it's difficult because you're balancing a couple of things, right? As we get into, like, this part of the year, um, we're looking at, like, a lot of larger tournaments, which they don't want to be conflicting, right? If we're talking about, like, yeah. the Ascension tournaments, you're talking about Masters and then Champions. Um, like, it's just kind of the time of year where, like, things need space in between these events, but all of these events need to run. And then you need some sort of break before the season starts again for next year. So timing wise, like I understand why they did it, um, but also it is kind of ridiculous that it's done and we are halfway through the year. Um, now I'm sure you could bring up other sports where the season is a, a shorter, similar length. There are also a lot of sports where the season is longer length, um, significantly, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's it's like a it's a balance thing, and especially with the tier two scene where uh, it's been really successful. I think with people like a lot of viewership numbers and yeah. and teams wanting to take part, but like you said, teams are probably just going to drop a lot of their rosters if they have six months off. They're not making any money from them. They they have no uh, way to showcase their their org, their sponsors. So why would you keep people on mm. the salary? Like that's there's no reason to be paying people if you're not making any money from it for six months. Yeah, no, I, I like... The, the thing that baffles me is the logic behind it, at least. 
<clears throat> what they've stated as logic. They're like, oh, we want people to like want people to miss the tier two seed so that when it's back, they're super excited for it. And it's like, yeah, you just need to give them like two months, three months, like at most, like six months is extreme. And because well, they, they said they want people to miss Valorant. They, like that that was the thing. It wasn't the tier two scene in specifically. That was a more general statement. Okay, but like Look, I, I feel like the tier two scene should almost be running in the off season of the tier one scene. Mm. Yeah. Like, it, it makes sense because like champions already end super early in the year. And then there's a long downtime between champions and when the next split one kicks off, right? For the next year. Like, why wouldn't you just, like, why don't you take that time and start off the second year of the of the Tier 2 scene? And I don't know, maybe this is just one of those yeah. growing pains, that, like, that they need to get over because it's the first year that this has been implemented, but, like, Varen already doesn't have other high-tiered tournaments that are not, like, Riot official tournaments. Because if you look at, like, CS, right, right. there's a bunch of, like, DreamHack. Um, that's the only one whose name is coming to mind. But there's, like, a Face It League. Like, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, like, runs alongside, like, the quote-unquote Valve-sponsored events. Um, mm -hmm. And Riot doesn't, or, like, Valorant just doesn't have that. Right, and so, right. like, it, it, it's just like, well, what's the... I, I understand that, like, the players themselves need some downtime. Like, yeah, especially you, like, burnout when, would be super high if mm -hmm. you just played 12 months out of the year, right? Yeah. And, like, especially yeah. from the Tier 1 seat, in which, like... I mean, like, not to say that people in the Tier 2 scene aren't taking it seriously, but, like, at least from the way that I see it, just having to be in person going to these, like, live LAN events on a weekly basis is just, like, that takes a lot out of you. And so, like, it yeah. makes a lot of sense that they're giving, that they're giving these competitors, like, the, the time to, like, de-stress, go, go do whatever it is that they want, and, like, that they've got a longer off-season. But there's, they're not running the Tier 2 scene while any of these major Tier 1 events are going on. And so a bunch of the players can... You know, if you're going to end it after this tournament or, like, after the bunch of the teams that haven't made Ascension, well, like, their season's over, um, why not give them their break now and then start the Tier 2 scene back up after Champions is over? Or after they've decided which teams are actually going to get Ascended into Tier 1? Yeah, yeah you so... to start it earlier, yeah. Yeah, to start yeah, it earlier. So... Yeah, I had I was going in a completely different different direction initially with my thoughts on it. However, I absolutely love what you said, Cass, about the idea of tier two happening after tier one. I think that would be so cool because first of all, now you can fully focus on tier two and don't have to, you know, go back and forth between the storylines as the season goes on, which can lead to you just saying, uh, oh, screw tier two, at least in my case. Um, I focused more on the tier one America's stuff. Um but also, then as the Tier 2 season is wrapping up, you know, you have Ascension, then right into Tier 1. So, you know, the best Tier 2 team 
you then get to see go from ascending to then pretty quickly seeing how they fare against other tier one teams. And there probably would still need to be some amount of downtime just so that, um, you know, Riot has stated that they want there to be basically this downtime. They've said many different reasons for it, like missing Valorant, like we talked about. One of the other things they said is for teams to like, you know, trial people, rebuild their rosters, uh, get settled for the next year. So there, there would, I still think there could be like a month or two in between the end of the tier two season and then the beginning of the next tier one season. But I feel like the viewer experience of doing it that way would just be really good. So like, I, I love that. Um, it, it, when it comes to other thoughts though, what, why I really started thinking about this is seeing all the people complaining about the tier two scene ending so early is I think people just are losing perspective a little bit on the fact that, you know, the tier two scene has to actually not be a giant money sink for Riot uh, and for, you know, the other people who are involved in making it happen. Because, you know, the tier one scene already, Riot, is giving the, the, the uh, stacks of cash to the organizations. And the tier two scene is getting a lot less eyes than tier one, as you would expect. So, like, to expect Riot to, you know, make sure that the people in the, the tier two teams are all, like, having a perfect amount of having all the games they want and continuing to dump funding into that. You know, I just don't think it's realistic because the thought that I had is with the NFL, which is a multi-billion dollar, it might be a trillion dollar industry in the U S the, there has been a huge struggle in creating spring football, uh, which is essentially tier two, even though it's not associated with the NFL of creating anything that isn't the NFL for pro football that succeeds uh, just because there's so much less interest in it. You know, you need the eyeballs to make the money. And as it stands, there've been a couple recent uh, spring league startups that have been doing well, and they've been paying their players something like, you know, 50 K uh, a year is, and I don't know if that is spread out over the season or over the entire calendar year, but you better believe that those players are not doing football stuff all year round. You know, they're working other jobs in the off season. And as it comes time to really ramp up before the season, they're taking some time, uh, you know, only working a certain amount so they can be in the gym a lot and stuff. But like, I think that's perfectly reasonable to expect for the tier two scene that you'll play your season. And then unless you want to get by on a pretty low income, you'll work another job in the off season that I don't think it there's an I don't think it makes sense to expect that you know tier 2 needs to be this like lucrative job for everyone involved and then as an org you're talking about oh well you're not players aren't making money for you you drop them I think that you can either do it one of two ways one you can spread you could say you know you get a yearly salary where you know you get a check coming uh each month and then that prevents you from signing with another team that you, they'd have to you know there's some clause in it or you know that you just you know they'd have to match the money at least or you know you pay them for the season, and then maybe a, and then maybe you have some sort of a some sort of uh, benefits built into them coming back, or uh, you know you maybe give them a lesser amount in the off season. But it just seems like a very solvable problem that it doesn't make sense that oh you know the orgs have to drop all the players like the orgs need to be paying the players all year round for tier two. Like, I, I just don't get it. I don't think that's reasonable based on other sports. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, 
But it seems like that it's an org problem then, right? Like, why are the orgs just yeah. up and dropping everybody, right? Could the expectations right. be that your salary is going to be lower and that you you have to work a job in the offseason, but you still have your contract with your org and you're expected to start back up with them again when the next season starts? Yeah, there's all kinds of different ways to do that in terms of how that'd be structured. Is that, a, is that an org problem or is that a like player expectation problem? Um, I, like yeah, where salaries are too inflated for orgs to actually pay them? I, I don't think it's really either of those. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that for for most other like professional sports that like Hunter was bringing up is there's like, sure, there's a minor league, right? But a lot of the good players get picked up out of like, you know, for basketball would be like through university, right? I, mean, I have no fucking clue how the fuck football works. So like they probably yeah, get picked also, up. Also, yes. Also university, straight yeah. out of university. <laughs> right, right. I feel like that's common yeah. for most sports. Yeah. And now I, I know that some of the NCAA rules have been changed in the last couple of years. And so like maybe they can start to, I, I think they can start taking endorsements now. When you're yes. in university, yeah, they like, they had a bunch of really dumb rules in the NCAA yeah. where they couldn't use their likeness to make any money, right? Which was fucking stupid. Yeah. But like, I think that's been done away with, at least in certain. Uh, it like, had no, no. I think it was the Supreme Court. Okay. Um, either way, it it seems like like there's a method in which like, and also like when you're in university, like for the most part, the university is paying for you to be there. They are housing you. Right. They are giving you a scholarship. Um, I don't know what other benefits you get. Like, you probably get your food covered if you're a D1 athlete. Some people um, get a stipend, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably yeah. get a stipend of some kind, right? It, it's just like, and the university is is making, you know, obviously they're getting their dividends on that or they wouldn't fucking do it. But it, that doesn't exist yet for like Valorant or like for almost any esports e in general. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not something that like there is a, cause like I, I know college football is real fucking popular. I don't know why, but it is right. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I like, I mean, I know why I grew up in a, in a college football town and like, yeah, it was, yeah that, that's like what you did. Right. We had right. season mm -hmm. tickets. Like you're like, you you love the college football team and you mm -hmm. go and you tailgate and it's a fucking party all day and like it's yeah. like I don't know I've never been to an NFL game but I imagine people tailgate and go just as hard for that shit but that's like what our version of the NFL was right mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely and, and like yeah I think a large part of that is like as you're pointing out like Boise doesn't exactly have a professional sports team. Yeah, no, we we have wow. Boise State. Yeah, exactly. Like growing <laughs> up in growing up in DC, yeah. and Hunter can speak the same for Baltimore. Like, there are professional sports teams in our areas. You can go to yeah. like you can go to the major league games. That's not like there there aren't any fucking like I suppose the Georgetown Hoyas are there, but like I'm not going to fucking watch one of their games. Um, I I don't even know who that is. <laughs> yeah, point perfect. Um, yeah, I, I guess I've seen a couple Maryland UMD lacrosse games. But like the, I, I think that's like a bigger draw for these like these smaller, or not necessarily smaller, but like these areas around the country, in which there isn't a professional sports team. It's like, hey, we can still get our local team and our sports fix out of the local university that is here. Yeah. 
Whereas, yeah, I mean, it's just that's so much larger than esports is, yeah. right? Like, obviously, like UBC, where we went, has a, a Valorant team, right? They have they have esports teams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've never seen them play. I don't know. Like, their games might be streamed if you like. You have to really be paying attention, right? Hey, right, but, right like, yeah. if they were playing like lands. And there were like people tra- like other schools traveling to UBC to like play a LAN. And- oh, yeah, you definitely week. watch that. Yeah. I would a hundred percent have gone. But, yeah, like that would be super cool to go see your like university, like play another university in Valorant, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it's just not at that size yet. I think yeah. that everybody hopes that it'll get there or wishes that it was there, but it, it's growing. Mm-hmm. I think I think we we stumbled upon the solution here, which is that we need to add tailgating before Valorant games. <laughs> yeah. Tarek, like you know, lead virtual like Jackbox games with like gr- while grilling and drinking a beer. Have everyone doing that at home. That's what we really need to get. Well, actually, that would be going. so much fun. Yeah, but yeah. again, the main yeah. problem with this comes down to online versus in person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like there is a physical yeah. stadium that you go to for like a university game. Teams travel yes. out to a physical location in which a game is being held in person. Now, for the as an aside, cast, I'm really curious. Did you ever go to UMD to see a lacrosse game? Like, have you been to the? Yeah, stadium? yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've, I've seen. Oh, that's super cool. I didn't realize you'd been on UMD's campus. Yeah, awesome. Hey, you know, I'm good friends with Kevin, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize. But you've been in in Canada for a while, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I took some, uh, yeah, no, I've been to UMD. Like, both my parents went to UMD too. Like, I've been to oh, cool. campus. Um, I didn't realize that. Okay, anyway, that's a little aside, but back yeah. to the, the main point. Okay, so it's like, if there was an area in which, like, each Tier 2 team was, like, quote-unquote, from, and then, like, there were physical games being held in person, like, that, that might have, like, a bit of a draw to get people to get people to go generate a bit of revenue. But, like, even currently, like, the way Valorant is currently held, it's not like... Everything's just in LA, even for the Tier 1 scene. It's like, if there was a game being hosted in Vancouver, like, yeah, I'd fucking go. Yeah. But, like, everything's just in one location. All the games are in LA. For the Tier 2 scene, I think pretty much everything's online. I don't think there was even... A in person, it is, it is all online. Yeah, they're like, right? there's nothing yeah. in person. Here, two lands at the Baltimore Arena, make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would yeah, go. Yeah, to this that. is what like, you're talking about. That's just yeah. more of a money sink. Right? Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. Hunter was talking about, right? Like, it and like, yeah, a lot of it just has to do with like just you know, economies of scale. That there's not enough of a reason right. to want to host something in person because you're not going to get the draw. And like, maybe if it was like a once a year thing, you know, like you. Yeah, like the Ascension tournament that's about to kick off, you know, that that sort of thing. Sure, but even then, like, yeah. I, I'm saying, like, maybe if just, like, you know, once a year, like, one of these, one of these games, maybe, like, like, even started off with the Tier 1 scene, right? Like, you have, um, you have Fnatic versus Na'Vi, and instead of it taking place in the classic stadium that they always play in, or the classic venue in Berlin that they're always playing in, maybe it happens somewhere in London. Right. Ooh. Okay. Or like, like maybe maybe you move it to like Madrid or Barcelona. Like, just one game. Like a showcase game. Yeah, like a showcase game. Right. Like, just you know, you got a uh, you get like a hundred thieves versus EG taking place in New York. 
right? Just, like, move yeah. some stuff around so that, like, you know, you can maybe generate some interest from from people across the area. And, like, if Engage you do a good job, interest, yeah. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. do a good job promoting it, right, it's, like, I mean, I, I guess it's a bit hard to say because, like, if you took League of Legends, for example, like, I, I wouldn't go to a live League game, but, like, that's mostly just because, like, that game's really fucking complicated, and I've tried to learn how the fuck it works, and I still don't fucking understand it. But there are a million people that would, I think. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, well, what I will say is I think that while League obviously has a very passionate player base, um, I think Valorant is maybe the best esport ever in terms of being visually interesting to people who don't play the game. From my experience, like, even my mom enjoyed watching, even though she doesn't know much about it. That, like... You know, it's there's it with it like it, it's pretty easy to get the general sense of what's happening because the objective is much more simpler and how you get to it, unlike League, where there's like Cass was saying, there's just a ton of complexity. Um, and then with all the colors and the abilities, like you know, if you see someone rocket launcher someone or you know, jump up and jet knife someone, like that's pretty cool, even if you don't know exactly how significant it is. Yeah, and like to to re like or to further Hunter's point, like. I often have, like, or at least for, like, some of the big games, I have them going up in the back shop at work. Mm-hmm. Like, just on the TV. And, like, I'll just put some, like, you know, I'll put, like, a, I'll place a $5 bet down on the game, right? And then I'll just have the yeah. game up. Like, you know, make it make it a little more interesting. Um, yeah. And there are a couple other guys in the back shop that, like, really enjoy watching the game that I've never played before, barely mm-hmm. understand how it works, have, like, maybe maybe they've tried out CSGO before. But, like, it's just, like, they, they, a couple of them told me, yo, like, they're like, dude, is there there a game going on today that you're betting on? Like, you should play something (laughs) up. Yeah. Um, And so I I think that, like, it's just more accessible to the point where, like, if you were to try and host some games in other places across the country, like, there's, there may be something to be had there, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Although, although, like I said, I feel like I, like I think you and Chase kind of both got at in different ways. It seems like that that idea would have to start at tier one and trickle down, trickle down to tier two if they were getting enough eyeballs to make it uh, to actually put butts in seats at the you know live events. Yeah, yeah, sure. which is all the thing. Like this whole conversation was about tier two, mm-hmm. um, initially. Um, yeah, yeah. In, in the end, it was not, but. <laughs> Uh, that's how our podcast rolls it's all good. yeah it just things need to grow yeah. and it's the first year of the thing um yeah and i feel like it should be the expectation of players that you know if you're in tier two given the state of you know the current amount of interest in it and the current amount of money in it you know you might have to work another job in the off season you might not get to you know study vods and grind rank all ranked all day in the off season like it just is what it is. That's that's part of being not in the major league of sports. Obviously, there are some sports that have you know minor leagues that are much more successful than others. But you know, talking about NFL in in America, which is huge, still it's a struggle. Yeah, but the, the, yeah. and I mean, like baseball is probably one of the most successful minor leagues, and I mean, it's mm-hmm. still a struggle for players. Mm-hmm. But I I, yeah. I really think the big thing there is just like the lack of a a quote unquote sponsored farm system. Like, there, there's no, like, if you do have to work another job, like, it, it's a lot harder for you to get your foot in the door to get to the point where, like, you, you're developing talent. And, like, maybe that's something that, like, now that there is a, a partnered league, some of these teams might start doing. I, I know that Fnatic 
has already started this. They've got a um academy I, I team. Well, no, it's not an academy team. Like they've got a player who is their sixth man, who they're like currently like I guess like to a certain degree sponsoring. I I believe he's listed as their sixth man. But they're just like he's not quite ready for tier one yet, but like, you know, we're we're working with him. We think that he's going to be a really good player. And they're they're trying um you know, he's getting he's getting the the practice, he's getting the scrims, he's getting to interact with these tier one players. And like it might get to the point where teams do start sponsoring people that they think are going to be really good players and just don't quite have the experience yet or just, you know, or I know there's an age limit now, yeah. so maybe you're just too young to join the tier one scene. Um, if you weren't grandfathered in, but like, I, I, I do think it's like, it's quite a lot to ask someone to, because there is no farm system to expect to work another job. And then also try to be that good and compete with people who, who that is quite literally their only job. Oh, I mean, yeah, I totally get it that it's an uphill battle. Um, to fight, you know, with someone who that's their their main thing. But I also think that, you know, if the league is structured correctly, if you have, you know, if you have a bunch of players who would be as good as tier one players if they put the time in uh, and had the investment in them, and you had, you know, enough interest in the league to that people would want to watch more games, then the adaptation would be expand tier one. You know, just add a good bit more teams. So... You know, you don't have a bunch of players who are being held back by that. Um, and then, you know, ideally, I think it's just, you know, a few people who are the cream of the crop who are able to, with skill and tireless late nights, <laughs> get grinding ranked, uh, able to work their way up because of their incredible skill and efforts. Yeah. I mean, I think a big, the biggest problem, which I've brought up before with Tier 2 this year, um, was just the lack of open qualifiers, uh, which I really yeah. hope that they rectify next year. And that's a, something that's additional to the length of the season is that if you didn't qualify in that first, like in those first two tournaments, your season was over in like the first couple months of the year. Yeah, like they could almost do it, even if they wanted to have more, you know, not as much turnover of the teams, they could even do like mini relegations where like, you know, there's open qualifiers for a tournament, and let's say that's an eight-team tournament, and then you know the bottom two teams have to go through the next round of qualifiers to get back in. You know, you know what I'm saying, like something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, just give something to, to get more teams in there opportunity-wise, um, mm -hmm. and then keep keep those you know tier two point five, tier three teams around. Um, yeah. So they have something to like, you know, oh, we're gonna actually try to compete here. Right, right. Instead of, oh, well, we didn't qualify. <laughs> Pack yeah. it in, boys. Yeah. Even though that, like, that's also really tough, especially just because the way the Ascension format works, like... It's not that tough. Well, no, no, I'm just saying in terms of, like, if you weren't in there for split one, and you just come around for split two, like, you might just not... I mean, given the current system, like, now, maybe that could be overhauled. But like, how are you going to generate the points? Like, like there, there's there's a certain point system that you get from, you know, every game you play, every tournament that happens or whatever. You get a certain amount of points allotted to you, and that's what qualifies you for this whole like ascension tournament. 
And so, like, if you join in later on in the year because you didn't initially qualify and you qualify later due to one of these relegation tournaments that you're talking about, like, it's like, is there even really a point? Like, because you might just you might just not be able to generate enough points. To... Well, you might you might do very well and be able to. Like, if you didn't qualify yeah. in through the first one, there should be a little bit of an uphill battle. Um, like you should have some disadvantage, um, but obviously it like in split two, say there's a the bottom four teams from split one get relegated, have to play back through. Now the new four teams that are in there could have points from split one, could not, but um, they're able to like then go and like win split two and easily qualify for the next. Yeah, that's what um, I'm thinking about. for the yeah. tournament, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like I, I don't know what the system is now, but I feel like, you know, let's assume it's two splits and then, uh, you know, the regional uh, pre-ascension tournament. Um, I feel like if you don't make it in, if you don't qualify for the first split and then you win the second split, then that should automatically get you qualified to the tournament for, you know. Which like, I think it would in, in points. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I would hope it would be You shouldn't way. have to, yeah. like, quite win it, maybe, but, like, you know, you'd have to do pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, like grand finals, maybe top three, something like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, unless anybody's got any other remarks, I'm kind of done talking about the professional yep. scene here. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's on. Okay. Um, so now, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the full fucking video. But supposedly TDM's on the way. The full and... video is like three minutes. Yeah, I, I was trying to... I was, I was, it's I was so tr- short. I was trying to watch it before the podcast kicked off. But then, like, we ended up talking, and I didn't actually finish the video. I only got, like, part of the way through it. Um, okay, but at any rate, TDM's on the way. And I've heard that there are rumors, and these might not be rumors because I haven't seen the rest of the video. There are going to be specific maps for TDM. That's in, that's not a video. rumor. It's in the video. <laughs> yeah, Very nice. Confirmed. Okay. Yeah, confirmed there will <laughs> yes. be specific design TDM I am maps. so fucking <laughs> excited about this. And sorry. Not even for the TDM. Aim dual centered maps. Holy yes. fuck it's about time. How many times have you brought this up? Holy fuck it's about time that this is They're listening to the, the podcast. There's yeah. no other uh, like, explanation for it. It, it yeah. is... And also, I just think that TDM is going to be a better way to warm up. Um, yeah, I mean, the amount of times that we've all molded because of spawns in Deathmatch, we all disagree about which maps are the worst. But, like, you know, Deathmatch is just okay as it is because of how awkward the duels are a lot of times. Because it's not built for Deathmatch, yeah. the maps are. And as someone who grew up playing COD as the premier FPS game... Uh, I, I've got a couple of takes on this. First of all, the equivalent to Deathmatch and COD is free-for-all, and I fucking mm-hmm. hated that game mode. It sucked dicks. However, for some reason, Deathmatch in both CSGO and in Valorant are somehow better. They're less... I guess they're, like, they're just less competitive, and people view them as, like, a warm-up situation... Whereas in COD, they're always kind of viewed as like, oh, well, like, this is the game mode I'm trying to play. Um, mm-hmm. And people took it. People are trying to sweat in, yeah, exactly. in free-for-all, yeah. Yeah, and, like, so I feel like they were better in that sense than, like, COD was. But I always hated free-for-all in COD. Um, and 
TDM does admittedly have its own problems. Uh, one of them being, well, you can get spawn trapped TDM. Uh, I, I don't know how much you guys know about the, the way spawns work in those games, because I don't think either mm -hmm. of you guys played COD. But, like, similar to the way, like, a, a game starts, there's there's a quote-unquote CT spawn and a T spawn, because there's no counter-terrorist versus terrorist, but, like... And then they, if, if you take the other half of the map, they flip, right? Yeah, and then if you push too far, they flip. But basically, you can kind of learn how far you can go before they flip. And just kind of trap people into their own spawn. Um, yeah, and one thing that uh, I'm trying to remember if this is from Valor Leaks or if this is from the video itself, but they mentioned agent abilities in team deathmatch as well. It's from uh, the video, yeah. I, okay, that I'm one is from really video. curious to see what that means. Yeah, like do you get recharge of your bot abilities on kill and then you get, you know, alt orbs the normal way you'd get alt orbs, something like that? I'm not sure. But, you know, one of the biggest things that comes to mind for me, even though I didn't play COD, um, when talking about uh, the, the thing that Cass is describing of, uh, you know, killing people in spawn, is the legendary noob tube strats. And, you know, guess what we have in Valorant? We have a raise rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that'd be much more situational and you can't necessarily do it. Yeah, but the whole thing up. about the noob tube was a uh, one-man army existed in Modern Warfare 2. What was that again? I know I've heard of it. One-man army. Um, Basically, yeah you pull out this thing. It like, now, I, I haven't played COD in a very long time. I'm pretty sure One Man Army replaced your secondary. And you pulled it out, and you, like, you ruffled through, like, a duffel bag. And then it replenished all your grenades and your primary ammo, including your two noob tubes. Oh, okay. So you can just continuously spam it. Yeah, so you that's... continuously spam it. And there's, like, a very famous strat on I believe the map was called Wasteland, in which there were a couple lineups you could learn that go to common spawns for, like, TDM or whatever, or whatever game mode you were playing. And you could learn some of these lineups, and you could just constantly just barrage them with noob tubes using one-man army and just rack up kill streaks with it. Well, if in TDM you can spam raise rockets, then there are bigger problems than mm -hmm. spawn camping. So. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sounds like it's going to be th there's I, very specific circumstances leading to that meta. Well, could Somebody, you just Odin spam? You know, five five man Odin spam like spawn trap somebody that would be fucking mm -hmm. well terrible. Well, so uh, COD aside, the thing that I'm picturing with the spawns, which you know maybe it will be different, but I'm picturing. Um, escalation spawns where instead of having a spawn point it just spawns you somewhere that's not super close to an enemy uh, yeah I, I was kind of expecting mm -hmm. the same thing yeah mm -hmm. okay but the the other thing is you can get into games in which someone on your team is just way fucking better than than you and they're just running around getting all the kills, and you're just running around being like, ah, there's no one to shoot. I show up somewhere, and people are dead. And, like, yeah, it's going to happen. Like, there, there are going to be complaints about TDM when it comes out. I'm sure I will complain about some things when TDM comes out. However, yeah. I'm excited to have it because I think it'll be a, a better way for me to... Like I, I don't know if like I don't know if it'll even necessarily be better for warming up. I just feel like it'll be something for me to do in Valorant when I'm not actively playing a comp game because I don't enjoy unrated. 
in this current state. I don't enjoy um, swift play, spike rush, Wild. escalation. Yeah. Like, like I just really do not enjoy actively the other game modes. Um, and I know I've brought this up before, but I wish they would bring in some of the more like classic uh, battlefield or like, like hard stuff. game modes. Yeah, like hard point, domination, stuff like that. Something that's just like a much faster game and something that like I can go in and I can enjoy for what it is. And it's still being taken somewhat seriously. Yeah, I think Swift Play is a great example of that. Like, I think it works kind of like that. Like, I, I like Swift Play a lot. I love Swift um, Play. Yeah. But, you know, it's still not quite there. Well, I, I, really, don't like, I, just, I want something for four players, man. I, I don't like Swift Play because it is designed to be a mini version of comp. I'm saying I want something else. Yeah, you want something different. Yeah. I want something yeah, yeah. different. Like, uh, like domination would be fucking phenomenal for me, or hard point would be great. Um, just something that's just like you know a lot faster paced, has respawns, and like I like yeah. The more I think about it, no, I, I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I think fucking hard point would be so fucking sick to have in this game where everybody has different abilities as different agents. Like, fuck, just put it in the goddamn game, God. Um, I know. Like, I'm excited for TDM to come in. I think I'm going to enjoy it. It's obviously the most basic of these kind of game modes, and like, I hope that they adopt it and it becomes more than just TDM. But like, I I'm really excited for the new maps too because I want to be able to go in and just be like, all right, Hunter, we're fucking aim dueling. Yeah, yeah. I'd beat Chase, yes, so like that's not even a relevant question. Yeah, like, so will will these wow. new maps be available in, <laughs> in custom? I think last time we aim dueled, I beat you. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure Chase won the Pearl V Long tournament. Yeah, last I time. did. Yeah. Mm. I don't know about that one, Chief. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 both remembering it over here. I'm glad Hunter's backing me up because I'm pretty sure I won <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, because what I remember was that uh I just I just did so much better landing my shots on Cass. Because Cass is just much more stationary, whereas you're much more elusive with your movement. <laughs> I, I remember Chase being like, man, this is fucking boring. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cass dipping. and I were like going like, you know, five rounds, uh, best of five with each weapon. And Chase is like, I don't got time for this shit. Let's show Yeah. It. Yeah. That was fun. I, I, I want to do that. I think we're going BO9. I think we're going first to five. <laughs> best of nine. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Was, um, so yeah, I'm excited as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Team Deathmatch, I think, has the potential to be to be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess what I'm thinking about is one of the reasons why Deathmatch is good practice is it gives you the highest concentration of aim duels specifically um, of any mode. And then this could kind of, this Team Deathmatch thing could give you the highest concentration of you know, using your utility in gunfights. Obviously, you're not using your utility for the objective, so it's a bit less relevant for people who are doing specifically that. But, uh, you know, what Deathmatch doesn't give you is figuring out, okay, in terms of timing, you know, in what situations do I pull out my flash here versus swing? Uh, you know, what, how, how likely is someone to look away from a flash when I throw it here? Uh, I'm sure there's some other things that don't involve flashes. Um, you know, that kind of thing, I think it could be very useful for, mm-hmm. especially if you're a new agent. Yeah. So, I mean, again, definitely. I didn't watch the video, but like, can multiple people play the same agent? 
We don't know. They did. They didn't mention that. Okay. Just they like, just said something about abilities, and I have no idea what that's going to look like because I, like, I feel like it would suck if there is too many abilities on the screen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like that would definitely. And like, be... what character? Like, there are just characters that are useless. Like, why would I play Smokes? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Killjoy in Team Deathmatch would be. I, I don't see really any value out of. Right. Why would not everyone just want to play Reyna? I mean, any of the duelists, really. Yeah. But like. I mean, I can tell you why I wouldn't play Reyna. I want to play Jet. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Shocking take. Yeah, yeah. But also, no, it just seems like Phoenix kind of built for TDM, though. Fucking virtually mm, I mean, undodgeable. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, alt aside. Mm-hmm. Very selfish. Very hard to dodge flashes. You can fucking heal yourself. And you can also yeah. just, like, toss a wall up, I guess, if you need to cross the sight line. Um, yeah, I Phoenix could be very thing. good in TDM. Yeah, like, Phoenix could be good. But it's going to be a duelist rush. That's what that this sounds oh, yeah, like. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, I, I will say, I imagine Yoru will probably be the worst duelist in TDM because, you know, all the setup and stuff in the chaos of TDM yeah. doesn't seem like he'd be worth it. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I, I, I think, like, if you get really good at understanding bounce distances and stuff with Yoru's flashes, like... I think they're easier to pilot for yourself than KO. Well, definitely, yeah. Um, in terms of like, or well, more versatile in terms of you being able to pilot them for yourselves than KO is. And who's not a duelist, I might add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, <laughs> like, yeah, the other abilities can go fuck themselves. You just play it for the flashes, really. Well, like, yeah, just to be just to be clear, I'm not saying that Yoru would be a bad experience to play in mm-hmm. TDM. Like, if anything, exactly what you're talking about in terms of flash timings and distances, I think it could be great for me to practice in TDM. Yeah. And I, w- I would really enjoy that. It's just that in terms of, we were talking before about, like, optimal agents for TDM, mm-hmm. and I think he would just very clearly not be one. Right. Like, I, I'm actually super excited to just, like, get better at playing around my own fucking jet smokes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Okay, um, Hunter, do you do you have another topic you want to veer into here? Unless anybody's sure. any closing remarks, I... yeah, 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 I do have another topic to veer into. So, uh, we've had in the past year uh, Overwatch announcing Overwatch Two, uh, which everyone realized pretty quickly was uh, a complete scam. It was in no way a sequel to Overwatch, um, and then now CS:GO. I believe they announced they were calling their update CS, like, they're, they're changing the game's name to CS2, if I remember correctly. Yes. Which is, it's a little bit different, because they're not outright saying, this is a new game that's the sequel. They're like, we're changing this game to call it something different that sounds like a sequel. So Valve is, is doing it a little in a very unique way there. Um, but basically, in both cases, the games had overhauls to uh, hopefully fix some issues, modernize some things, uh, basically just make the core experience of the game better and different. Um, That's sort of the goal of both Overwatch 2 and CS2. So I was kind of thinking, you know, what is, uh, what would be Valorant 2? What would be the way that Valorant is going to take the next step to really improving the core experience? Um, and also thinking about it realistically in a way that would get uh, Riot some more sweet, sweet doubloons. And where I started with all this is thinking about throwing. Uh, because 
the I, there are two two things over the past couple of days. One, Wahujin, who has been brought up by me many times on podcast, and whose name you will see plastered all over the Valorant subreddits as well, uh, recently announced that he is going to be not doing any more viewer ranked streams. Before he had like had five of his people in his Discord like uh, much lower ranked than him, like he a ranked game, and he would like tell them to do this or that strat, like some wacky stuff, some fun stuff. And he had twice in a row, two games in a row on his stream, his ranked five stack uh, get put up against uh, bots that were throwing to presumably level up to get to comp. So he announced in furious... I, I thought they were, uh, from what I know of this situation, I think it was accounts that were demoting to try to get down to iron. Well, maybe. So the, the video that I watched from him, he showed that all the accounts had just the basic Valorant uh, oh, banner. Okay. So I, that's why I was imagining they were just trying to get to... to from... Wait, yeah, actually, yeah, demoting makes more sense because if they're getting... Well, yeah, in the first place. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't know. Well, yeah, but now with the new system, you have to win on rated games. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. Right? No. It's changed so many times. I forgot it. Yeah, yeah. You you can do that for unrated. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm a Valorant boomer. I have a hard time keeping up with the times here. Um. So anyway, he announced that, and then I had a bizarre experience in ranked uh, two nights ago. Uh, Kewin were picking agents for ascent. Um, the last person said, "Oh shit, should I go duelist or or should I go? Can I go duelist or can I go some or should I go someone else? Like, does anyone want the duelist role?" And it was going to be the second duelist. He was going raise when we already had a jet. And we said, oh, yeah, everyone else is locked. Like, you're the last one. Yeah, go for the go for the duelist. And he said, just for that, I'm throwing. Um, and then that, I was like, probably an edgy joke. Um, and then we load into the game. And I still don't think that made any sense as justification for throwing. And I don't I don't think that was why. But he he, he asks, like, oh, are you guys okay if, if we all throw? And he's like, are you get can you guys, you get, can you guys throw with me? And we were like, no, absolutely not. And yeah. so we tried like DC real quick, which he was willing to do so that we could remake, but he didn't DC fast enough, so we couldn't remake. And then thankfully he came back, and actually we were able to talk him into playing, and he ended up doing all right. <laughs> but just a bizarre experience of someone trying to throw from agent lock. And I guess he was hoping there were just enough people who also wanted to throw. A very, very weird experience. That, that's weird. Yeah. What? And also yeah. to be like, oh yeah, you, you can play the character you want to play. Well, just for that, I'm throwing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, sorry. Like, should I have been like, fuck you, play Astra? Like what? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like I, I imagine that he went into the game wanting to throw for some reason, and so he was just kind of being goofy about that being his reason. That's my best guess. Yeah. But that kind of got me thinking about the biggest problems in Valorant. And I think that it's it's pretty clear that there are three big issues right now, which are uh, throwing, smurfing, and toxicity. Would you guys agree with those? Talking, but not the pro scene, just to be clear. Uh, I was talking, you're leaving crypto throwing out? <laughs> well, then that's part of throwing. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> yeah that, that's, that can be included. What about um, uh, jet instalogs? Dude, that's tough, man. <laughs> don't worry cast doesn't insta lock he just hovers jet and then only ever picks and then gets mad when someone else picks it i go in i hover i'm letting you know what i'm going to do 
Yeah. Right? Yeah, you've had this you could multiple die. times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is what's going to happen. Right. But I right. haven't locked it yet. <laughs> but it, right. like, that's just like a courtesy. Like, it's right. a courtesy we, that I We've discussed this quite a lot. Back, back yeah. to uh, Valorant 2. <laughs> so I thought tackling the first problem when it comes to smurfing. I think, honestly, I've reached a point where I think it's time for Riot to wave the white flag. Uh, because clearly they view they don't want to crack down hard on Smurfs, uh, and the idea of basically the two things in tension are on the one hand people being able to play with someone who is you know much different in rank than them, and then on the other hand competitive integrity where you want you know ranked games to have people of similar ranks playing together, and Riot has very clearly indicated by their actions over the years that they don't want to ruin the experience for two people who want to play together despite the big difference. Because there are tons of things they could do to crack down on smurfing. And they have done very little. Uh, Basically, they've made it more more difficult to smurf in some ways, but they they have refused to make smurfing, you know, a bannable offense or take any action against people who are smurfing. So I think, honestly... Smurfing is so much of an accepted point in the game at this point that they just need to drop the pretense. I think you should be able to queue with whoever you want. If you're immortal and you want to queue with your bronze buddy, you should be able to do it because you were just going to hop on a gold account anyway to play with your bronze buddy. It was going to be the same thing. Just remove the restriction completely in terms of who you queue with. Because once you start getting to those higher levels, the people who get there in most cases have other accounts. Like I just I just feel like it's time to do away with the 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 you know the games of oh no there's there's this people are similar ranks in games because they're definitely not <laughs> just let people you know be on their main and that will decrease a lot of the um you know desire for people to throw to get their account down to a level where they can play with friends because you know they can just play with their main so that's that's part one. What do you guys what do you guys think about that? Well, there are two things about this. Yeah. Number one, people might not want to damage their potential elo on their main, and so might just hop on an alternate account anyway. Um. And then number two, that ties into my next idea, so I'll put okay. a pin in that one for sure. But like, number two, what difference? does it make if when I get into a game and there's a gold rain of fucking shitting on me versus there's an immortal three rain of fucking shitting on me. Like, there's no way to balance that game. That's the problem. That's the inherent brute issue. Well, you, there should be someone on your team that is of a similar like, elo. Well, so there's there's two different things that I'm thinking of here. So thing number one is, you know, assuming that the, um, you know, the, the hidden MMR of the player who has the immortal account is the same in both cases. It's just that, well, even aside from hidden MMR, we'll put it, shelving that. Finishing the game and being like, oh, I got dicked down by an immortal player versus, oh, this person supposedly is gold, but they dropped 45 kills. You know, that just feels better at the end of the game being like, okay, I wasn't quite up to the task of beating this immortal player versus... 
was this gold player cheating? Were they just, you know, trying cocaine for the first time? Like, I think it feels a lot better to see the truth of the situation. But I think the other thing as well is that, um, you know, in the case of, right, someone queuing with their immortal account, like Chase was saying, that drags the ELO of that team up and therefore, you know, makes the, um, you know, makes your team's ELO rise as well. Whereas if someone's on the gold account, they have either thrown or just deliberately played, you know, more passively and such, not gotten as many kills in, in their games so that they can stay at a lower rank. So that gold player is, you know, the ELO is the actual skill of that other team on average is way above your teams because of what they're doing. So it's yeah, both I mean, yeah, it, and reality. It does happen that you have like Smurfs on both teams. Like I've been in games mm-hmm. where, yeah, like you, your team has an obvious Smurf and their team has an obvious Smurf. But I feel like most of the time there's an obvious Smurf in the lobby. It's not e- equal, right? It's like, yeah. oh, your team is the actual ranks that everybody says. And the other team has arena that's going, you know, 23 and two in the first six rounds. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, I don't know. There was a game that Chase and I played with Tony, and there were literally fucking... See, there are four or five Smurfs in the lobby. Yeah, that's fucked. Ch- Chase and me being right. two of them. But, like, yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of fucking Smurfs in that lobby. Like, I'm not I'm not absolving myself from the situation. Like, I, oh, I yeah, was wondering sure, that. Yeah, yeah. We, we, However... We do, it, that was, it was a fucked game. We were like, wow, every, literally everybody is Smurfing here. Yeah. There were, the majority of yeah. our team was on Smurf accounts. There were three of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's ridiculous. We would not have been on Smurf accounts if we could have played with Tony on our mains. Speak for yourself. Well, you're weird. <laughs> you're weird. Yes. Like you, you just don't want to play on your main for some reason. Your yeah. man's worried about losing his R. I like. I don't understand. It, don't it's understand. not like okay. Uh, the better way to put it is. And, like, I don't throw on my other account. Like, I still view it as an alternate account. No, but it, but if you're like, oh, if I'm feeling off today, yeah, I don't really want to play on my main. I'm it's just going like, to play on my alt because I don't want to lose my, my RR. Yeah, it's more about I have two different accounts for two different purposes. Yeah, one when you're feeling on it and one when you're not. But that's not <laughs> exclusively, like, what it is. Like, admittedly, I've only ended up playing... I think one game so far. But, like, I've decided I've taken it up to be playing Omen on my alt account. Because, oh, yeah, Chase, by the way, this might be news for you, but you might need to pick a new agent for Premiere for Ascent. Yeah, you, you've discussed that. Yeah, the okay, okay. No. Yeah, but it, <laughs> might, but it might still be yes. <laughs> Counterpoint, we run double smokes on Ascent. Omen and Br- Brim. Brim Omen? Um... <laughs> And then we just play stupid aggro because if the push stalls out and we lose people, chances are the other smoker is still alive because the <laughs> other smoker is lurking on the other side. It's cast. <laughs> and that's cast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, but anyway, so, so smurfing. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, um, so now I'll tie in the second part of this idea, which was something Cass brought up about, you know, you might be playing with your bronze friends and don't want the uh don't want to possibly lose rr in a scuff game so now presenting the next idea which is the rank freeze so 
under this, uh, when you toggle this on before queuing competitive, your hidden MMR will change with the result of the game, but your revealed rank, your RR, will not. Now, I think this is important because even though hidden MMR is more actually important than your revealed rank, especially if you're playing a lot, what really, you know, people are visual and, you know, I'm certainly in this camp as well. And so what really sucks is not, oh, my hidden MMR is going down. It's, you know, I'm going down in actual revealed ranks. So I think that one of the things that we've talked about podcasts is just how comp is the main mode of Valorant. Like that's the experience that is Valorant. And so like Cass was talking about hopping on his, his ult, it makes perfect sense that sometimes you want that full on sweaty, you know, uh, bring in everything the game has to offer in, into one package experience, but you don't necessarily feel like risking your hard earned rank rating at the moment. Um, and I think you should just be able to put that flag up. And then when you queue the game, you don't gain or lose any RR. But, like, you still don't want to throw the game because, you know, you are going to decrease your hidden MMR by doing that. Now, this is an idea that, like, literally five minutes ago crossed my mind, and I immediately dismissed it. Why is that? Um, uh, I dismissed it because you're failing to account for trolls. I'm not sure if I am. Because, because the... if, if, you, if I'm queuing into a game, and I want to fucking troll the game. I'm going to clip, flip this thing on, right? Yeah. I don't. I have nothing to gain or lose. Fuck it. I'm going to throw, and I'm going to ruin everybody else that you know didn't flip that switch because they were just queuing right. into a random solo queue, right? And then you're still yes. you're still fucked. And I think it incentivizes that troll behavior even more. So first of all, I I definitely understand where you're coming from, and I've considered this as well. Um. I think, though, that while there's another part that I, the part three I have yet to reveal, even even with the things that we've discussed so far, the fact of the matter is that you still by trolling in a game on your main, even if you have that flag set, even with the current system, you are at risk of getting your main uh, banned, comp banned for a certain amount of time. Whereas if you just hop on an alt, then you know, I, I feel like most, I feel like trolling on an alt is more appealing than trolling on your main. If you could set this flag, just because, you know, your alt, you probably don't have skins. It doesn't harm you at all to be banned. So there's just, there's still, there's not that risk hanging over you. If you know what I'm uh, saying. People are just trolls though. Well, yeah. People are trolls. And when who, they hop on alt and troll. Who says the, uh, the main isn't just like, you know, who says the alt isn't just in your lobby? Anyway, right? Well, basically, the idea of the changes with the the queuing with this flag and with the uh, yeah the whole queue with anyone thing is that people will want to play on their mains almost exclusively because it's taking away the reasons to be on an alt at all. But that's that's the it's, idea. In, unless you're trolling, you're saying. I mean, I guess, I guess that's true, but that, that ties into part three. So I guess I'll, I'll dive into that now. This is the third and final part, which is that Valorant, obviously, due to how Vanguard works, collects information about your hardware and your uh, internet information that it uses for banning people. 
when it comes to cheating specifically, where people will be permanently banned for cheating. And I think they need to use that um, for other offenses. I think that for tr- for uh, throwing toxicity, that kind, that sort of things, I think there should be user bans where it will say, "We know what computer you use." Yeah, this computer. Ban. Yes, and I think it needs to be much stricter. I think that it's not the end of the world if someone you know has a bad has a bad day and is a little bit toxic one game. You know, let's say they get, uh, you know. Uh, six out of the ten people in the game reported them for being toxic. If they maybe didn't quite deserve a ban, but then they get banned for a couple days, user banned, you know, I don't think that's the end of the world. Um, And then obviously it escalates the more you do it, but that whether you're on main with the flag up or whether you're on an ult, that really makes you think twice about the toxicity and the throwing because now all of a sudden it could stop you from playing Valorant altogether. Um, and yes, there are ways around it. Obviously you can hardware spoof and stuff, but like, that's just a whole layer of difficulty. That's going to cut out a bunch of people from wanting to go that far. It's just like so many of these things work in tandem, right? Which yeah. I guess is your entire point with the Valorant two thing. It's yeah. like, Oh, it's like an overhaul. Um, yeah. And so I, I can see it. A little bit. I I still don't think the like rank freeze or the RR freeze should be there. But I agree with your other two points. Um, got it. But, got yeah, it. they should be stricter. Uh, a couple day ban is not the end of the world. And you know, if you get like accidentally banned, there should be like a viable appeals process. Um, where where you can explain something and and hopefully you know get get that reviewed and your account reinstated. So. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think that's fine to be to be stricter. Obviously, there's a lot of bad shit that goes on in the game. So, right, right. Yeah, uh, and then I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh well, no, I was gonna say you finish this up because there's something I gotta Google real quick. Okay, <laughs> I, I, will, I will say, Chase, there's a there's a bit of a difference in the uh, preparation level of our uh, host versus uh, our host last podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, slightly. <laughs> maybe, slightly. Maybe a little bit. Uh, anyway, um, and then the final thing I was thinking is I was like, the problem, even if even assuming all of these ideas are fantastic, great ideas for the community, there's still a significant amount of um, investment it would take in terms of time and money for Riot to bring all these about. And it's not all that clear how that's going to affect their bottom line. Like, will how much will this keep players in-game and buying skins, which is obviously what, they care about at the end of the day and so i thought what's something that would be a popular idea that would just you know give riot a shot in the arm of pure liquid gold and i thought you know let's let's also bring in with valorant 2 um a skin a interplayer skin market so basically you know you you go to the market and you see listings for skins that people put out and you only and you can buy only in Valorant points. You can't send skins directly to other users to with like a negotiated price where you could like send someone a skin for free in terms of Valorant points, but then like pay them through some external site. It's simply you can list your skin for Valorant points on this on the auction house or whatever. People can buy it for Valorant points and 
Riot just gets money from it because it's that's the only currency being used. I think that would be incredibly popular. Uh, people would love it to be able to get old skins for... Yeah, but FOMO. Uh, it eliminates FOMO. Well, it eliminates... Here's the thing. Yes, it eliminates FOMO. However, the skins that people are selling will oftentimes be selling for more Valorant points than they were sold for initially because people did miss out. <laughs> and yeah, so the FOMO is like, oh, you can get it now at the like at the retail price or you're going to have to pay scalper price later. And that, yes, and that's particularly true for Battle Pass skins that are viewed as cool, um, which obviously never come up in the shop, and then also Limited Run. I mean, Cass's Arcane Sheriff, that would fetch a pretty penny and that's oh, once what? again all in Valorant points. Like Not someone would cash, probably yeah. have to, right? Someone that someone would have to give Riot a hundred bucks probably to be able to buy your Arcane Sheriff off of you. And okay, the, the thing is, there's I not getting here, you're getting the you're Valorant getting that much points. in Valorant points. You're getting a hundred dollars of Valorant points. Okay, but and and then on the other but side, then that's and the, on the other side, I'm not spending when I buy a new skin. Yeah, but somebody riot. else spent it, so. Yeah, okay, okay. It's just more transactions happening. Yeah, okay, okay, all right. It's just increasing transactions. And speaking of increasing transactions, while you don't have FOMO when a new pack is in your store, you have the idea that you can now cash out whenever you want. So it's like, oh, man, you know, this new arcade pack is $100 plus. Uh, I don't know if I want to invest all that. But like, oh, I can spend it now, and then I can sell the skins later if I don't like them. You know, I can I can get my Valorant points back and use them on something else. Yeah, knives would have to stop being free. But I'm not sure because that would incentivize people to buy the whole pack. The yeah. whole pack is still a pretty penny. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's you're, you're saying Valorant, like that's the whole picture. You buy the pack and then sell the individual skins and then you, like you just get the that? knife, yeah. Well, like, yeah, but but still, you are still down the money. It's not like it's a yeah. No, no, sure, glitch. sure, sure. But like, I mean, we we had an entire episode where we talked about an external marketplace. Yeah, but we were all talking about in cash. Right, right, not, right. Yeah. My um, idea is keep it purely in Valorant points. The idea was something that like is going to be definitely a positive for Riot, okay. and I feel like this would be. So that's okay. that's the whole picture now of Valorant too. Okay, one of the things I wanted to go back to, and the reason why I had to Google this is because the name was a little baffling to me because it, it it's called Overwatch, but like it's in CSGO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and like that that name was really tripping me up because you know Overwatch is a is a fucking yeah, okay, you get the point. Yeah, I um, brought it up earlier on this podcast. Yeah, yes. Okay. So <laughs> basically it, it, it's called CSGO Overwatch and what it is is it's an in game re- in game replay system that allows people that have been decided by Valve that they function as investigators. Um, and they are qualified to function as investigators, and they can go through and they can review things and be like, oh, this person is... And it's used exclusively, in CSGO's case, for, like, cheating. And it's like, okay, this person watching their gameplay from their perspective, and also having the overview of where everybody is on the map, kind of like an observer would in a competitive game, is like, yeah, they're definitely cheating either be it on aim or their crosshair is always in the right spot because they've got walls or whatever hacks that they're using. Uh, it, it enables somebody to go through and say, hey, 
uh, and this is like community based, it's like, hey, th this person's cheating. I'm saying that there is evidence beyond uh, uh, evidence beyond reasonable doubt and insufficient evidence are the only two possible verdicts you can submit for this. Um, and it's it's based off people having you know cheating uh, tickets submitted against them. Right. Yeah. I mean, or I think we, we've also yeah. brought up a system like this on the podcast before right. of how we would like okay. power to the, the whole big like problem that. to this is you need the in-game fucking replay system. If yeah. this doesn't exist, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I yeah. understand where Hunter's coming from and saying that like, yeah, like a three day ban or a five day ban or a week ban is not the end of the world. But like at the end of the day, you need something to for people to be able to go in and say, hey. I think you're throwing and I like, or I think you're smurfing. And like, I agree at whatever rate or at whatever metric you want to set this as because hardware bands are possible because van, uh, because Vanguard is capable of doing this. I think that like expanding that system is somewhat worthwhile and it might piss off a couple of people. And yeah. I know that there are a bunch of people that are already off put by how much access Vanguard has to your computer. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, if, like, it, it, it's something that, like, I think you could expand and you could say, hey, if if you're being too toxic or you're throwing games or, and I, I don't have a problem with them extending it to smurfing. Like, if I get hardware banned for a couple of days because I hop on my alt and they say, oh, you were clearly fucking smurfing here. Like, fair point. I was. Well, just to be right? clear, in my way of looking at it, I think that... The idea of creating a new account and maybe sandbagging in on rated a little bit and then, you know, getting to comp and then not throwing in comp, I don't think that should necessarily be banned just because that gets very difficult to necessarily tell yeah, for see, here, sure when that's happening. Is, uh, beyond re or evidence beyond a reasonable doubt and multiple people have to review this. If multiple people say that evidence beyond a reasonable doubt exists for, hey they're not having a good game. This is a player that is way fucking better than whatever their, their hidden ELO is, whatever their visible rank is. Like th these are, this is multiple people reviewing the game. Well, I feel like in that case, it shouldn't be a ban. It should just be a, we're going to bump them like three ranks and then uh, see where, where it goes. Sure. Sure. And well, if they fall immediately back down. Uh, yeah. 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 Like, okay. Maybe. Yeah. And sure. If that's how you want to go about it, that's, that's yeah. how they can go about it. But I think that, like, number one, an in-game replay system is paramount to this. And second, like, yes, I'm, I'm for it. But, like, there needs to be this aspect of, like, you need minimum, call it, five investigators to review your, your footage and determine, hey, this person is definitely fucking throwing or this person is definitely fucking smurfing. And... Because there are a bunch of times where I, like, I like, and I'm sure we've talked about this at length, right? Sometimes you just have a fucking insane game. And mm -hmm. sometimes you're on the opposite end of that spectrum. Someone's yeah. just having a fucking insane game against you. They're hitting every fucking headshot. It's what it is. But then if you were to go and watch their perspective, right? Like, maybe somebody on your team made a step as you guys thought you were creeping up a main. And they just know to pop flash at the right time, right? And get three. Yeah. Wh whatever it is, it's just like having other people be able to watch over this, people that 
like Riot has determined are, I guess, trustworthy enough, right? So that you get this investigator, you know, tag, um, and you have access to this system would be, I think, really valuable. And I think, like, for in a lot of cases, like, people that, like, stream, right? Like, you, you look at, like, Tarek or Shroud or... Yeah. Uh, I can't think of any other really popular streamers off the top of my head that aren't also pro players. But, like, they'd probably get a ton of, like, views from just going through and reviewing people's games. And just being like, oh, yeah, no, these guys were, like... Or this person was definitely smurfing. Or, ah, uh, you know, like, well, their movement isn't super crisp, but, like... Maybe they're having a good day with the aim. Um, yeah, and personally, then commenting on that and stuff. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, I think there's a lot of potential for what you're talking about with the whole hardware banning system and the way that Riot Vanguard works in general. I just think it's not possible at the moment. So, yeah, just to be clear, I I am in agreement with the idea of. Um, to be accurate and more, you know, precise with these sort of things um, that you would need the replay system. Um, however, I think that you still could do more with the current system. And then when it comes to your specific idea of smurfing, I think it would be a really bad idea with the replay system to have smurfing be something that people are looking for. Simply because it is so much more of a subjective judgment call on whether someone is smurfing or not versus whether someone is throwing or cheating. Um, because, I yeah, like it's so much harder to yeah. tell how somebody is doing in a game, like in what and where they should be based on what rank they're at. Like, no, but that's, that's okay, but that's what evidence beyond a reasonable doubt is for. But you don't have like, to know there's, that. Like, especially right, like, if someone, someone go, like that goes, like, Tarek goes into a game, how do they know what a gold one is supposed to look like? They don't. Like, no, that, that is if, just a ridiculous okay, expectation. But, but if that gold one is, is like, and the, what I go off of is movement, right? Yeah, but I don't, I don't think like, that smurfing should be, I, I agree with Hunter here, I don't think that smurfing should be something that this replay system is used for. Throwing, definitely. Sure. And that's what we've said in the past. Yeah. yeah. Like, but yes, like... I do agree that we go into games and there are times when we look at someone on the enemy team and like you're saying, their movement is a big part of it. And we say that is not, you know, flat tier movement. That is, you know, much higher. And then we check their tracker and sure enough, it seems like they're a smurf. So like, I agree that you can, you know, people who review this could do a reasonable job of identifying smurfs. I just think that it would take so much more time to do so, and there would absolutely be false positives. Okay, but also, in terms of, like, what you're saying, like, it's not just one game. It wouldn't just be one game that this gets to a reviewer's hand in the first place. It's not just you had a right. one really good game. It's you've had ten fucking really good games well, here's the thing. say that they are going to bring if you have ten really good games, they're going to bring you to a proper rank anyway by like double ranking you up and like maybe. But if like you're that. losing you those like games, it, but if you have if you have those ten, well, then your hidden MMR is going through the roof. And if you keep playing, you're going to rank up. You know, maybe not the double rank ups immediately mm -hmm. if you're losing, but like you're going to get there. And the key thing is if you're the if, if someone is if you're popping off that hard. Um, and you're now all of a sudden splitting off from the person you're trying to duo with 
assuming the old system where you want, you know, you need to be close to them and ranked. Now, what, what the only way to get back is by throwing. And so that's where I think if you incentivize people to play on their mains and then you crack down on throwing, the problem of people smurfing just becomes a whole lot less. Uh, because I don't think smurfing without throwing is the primary issue. I mean, it depends on how is, many... In terms of what needs to be banned. depends on how many accounts you have access to, because Rank Decay just naturally exists. What? I'm a little confused. Like, Rank, rank Decay exists. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like, every time a new yeah. new episode or whatever comes out, right? Like, you, you drop, like, four or five tiers. Well, yeah, but, like, that comes down to the whole other idea of, you know, you don't have your skins on that account that you've let sit for a year. Like, do you really want to play on that if you can just play on your main and then, you know, enable ranked freeze mode or play on and hold you have skins on that's more I mean, recent? Well, the you whole know. reason Riot is super lax about smurfing in the first place is because people buy skins on their alts or their smurf accounts. Well, that's that. And I also think it's the, the social aspect of as well that, you know, they don't want people to be pissed off. They can't play with their friends. Yeah. Yeah. But like. Oh, yeah, again, it's something that, like, you can't really do away with. And, like, at, at the upper echelons, it's something that, like, is just less prevalent. Right, but, like, right. and, and then, again, like, for people who do want to take it seriously, like, I mean, that's why Face It exists for CSGO. Is you pay a fee, you have an account on Face It, you pay, like, a, a monthly fee or whatever, and you can use the Face It servers to play ranked matches against other people who have a face-it level, and it's entirely separate from your in-game CS, uh, like, rank or whatever. Right. Um, you can be face-it level 1 through 10, and it's people who are paying money actively to to be to have access to these servers. But, like, Riot doesn't allow you to just have your own server. Yes, yeah, indeed. And yeah. so it'd need to be something that, like, Riot does. They'd have to make, like, Hop 2 in which you pay $5 a month or $10 a month or whatever to, like, have access to. And then, like, sure, in that regard, you could probably guarantee, you know, generally just people taking it more seriously, less throwers, less smurfs, like, uh, all of that shit. But, like, uh, like that that's just, like, a whole nother step. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't like that step. I, mean, mm. I think that that's not the way to go. Yeah, yeah so, I, anyway. I like your your yeah. Valorant two stuff. I, I think it's a it's a cool thing. Uh, if you guys don't mind us wrapping it up here, that'd be uh, no. I was I was finished. That works good. No. Be ideal for me. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny because uh, what are we at? Is it three years of Valorant now? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah no, just over three really years. Not, it was like really not that uh, released. Yeah, really not that long. I don't think Valorant 2 is coming out for a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless they really need some uh, social media campaign, like to, a really like advertising campaign to push them. Yeah, three years from now, maybe Valorant 2 comes out. They use all of my ideas because we know yeah, they yeah. the podcast. Yeah, if, if some of your ideas aren't implemented in the next three years. I'll have some words. Like a replay system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> replay system. Yeah. Anyway. We'll drink with you later. <laughs>